This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We once again have Josh Bales with us in the studio. Vinny was unable to make it today. He's been out uh, out of town a week before. He's just had some things come up this morning that drew him away. Josh was willing to jump in last minute. So, Josh, appreciate having you back again. Thanks for having me. We are going through the process of reconciliation, Go and Be Reconciled, the fourth G of Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. And we've worked through forgiving as God forgave you. And today we want to turn to the idea of look to the interests of others. And the first part of this is use cooperative rather than competitive negotiation. And so you, I'm sure you've heard this whole idea of win-lose, lose-lose, win-win. And so that's at the heart of this idea that as you enter into this process of reconciliation, our tendency is to want to be for sure we get a win. And if, if the only way to do that is, is, is I win and you lose, I'm okay with that. And really, what he's saying is, no, it's not a it's not a competition. It, it's a cooperative. It, we we need to be looking to the interests of others. Paul says in First Corinthians six, to have a lawsuit at all with one another is already a defeat for you. So, so if we're competitive in the way that we're trying to negotiate a settlement, and I have to take you to court, even if I win, I lose because that is not operating on the peacemaking principles that that God has set forth. It's not about winning. It's about reflecting the gospel in the way that we treat each other. And my guess is you've experienced these moments where you're in a situation with another person. You're like, they are very much carving out their space. They are they are posturing. You can feel it in the conversation like, wait, are we moving towards reconciliation? It feels like the only thing you care about is winning. Right. Jonathan and I are part of a, of a federation, and, and we – meet uh, um, twice a year with the churches in the Pacific Northwest, and there's a church within that, that federation in, the, the, in our classes where there have been ongoing conflicts, and it's been terribly sad because it feels like it, it's all about winning mm-hmm. for at least some involved in the process. And mm-hmm. what we've seen to our heartache is no movement towards real reconciliation, and it's been sad because it feels like it's. It, this is how the world would would do this. Yeah, um, this is how the world tries to resolve mm-hmm. conflict about I want to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you take that approach, it really is hard to have a biblical outcome that is pleasing to God. Yeah, it is very difficult to, for people to get their own self interest out of the way, and that's that's part of this. Uh, you know, in this negotiation that you're going to take 
that's to take place, you want to take your self-interest out of it. We, you know, we try to do that with our children when they're growing up. There's one piece of pie left, and you get, you know, I know Russ will say you can't divide it. Um, he's, you know, somebody gets it, but let's just say that it's going to be divided. We would usually say. One person cuts it, the other one picks the first piece. Right. And, and yeah, you, know, you know, I mean, there is some self interest there involved because that person will try to make sure that it's even at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what you want to do is you want to come out with an outcome that's beneficial to both parties. Well, the gospel is predicated, the commands of God are predicated on self interest, even because the second greatest commandment love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he who g- it's a greater blessing to give than to receive. Well, th- th- what we don't realize is that when we obey God's commands in reconciliation, uh, and, and look out for the interests of others, that's actually when we're bringing the greatest joy to our, to ourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that command, you know, the second greatest command to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, to do unto others also as you would have them do unto you. That's something that comes up a few times in our household as, you know, some somebody does somebody to somebody else and so the other person retaliates. And so a common thing that I say is, okay, what did Jesus say? Yeah. You know, yeah, you've been wrong, but, you know, we're even in that we're to look to do to others as we would want to have done to us. Amen. Now, I, I just want to be clear. This does not mean that we become a doormat. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we always give in to the demands of somebody else, um, right. because at the end of the day, that might not be the truly loving thing to do for the other person. And and so we have to be careful. Go ahead. Uh, just in that, I mean, as this isn't just a one-way street. I mean, the other yes. person as well is to be following these principles. So they should be looking out for your interest. You should be looking out for theirs. That's where cooperation well, hope- comes hopefully in. Hopefully, as you are reconciling and that's what it is you're recon- this is an act of reconciliation so this 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 is part of that and so if all these other things have been in place we're both working toward the same end you know that's what we're that's what we're trying to point out philippians says do nothing philippians 2 verse 3 do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to your own interests so paul is not saying that we can't look to our own interests he's saying you do and we should that's actually a, a, a healthy and right thing to do but he says let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others and so that's where the you're, you're not a doormat. You're not always conceding. You're not always giving in. You, mm-hmm. Your interests are in play. Their interests are in play. Yeah. And so it, it's both <clears throat> and, not in either or. And yeah. that's cooperation because both interests are, are, are being considered in the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this idea of negotiating, and obviously negotiation requires you know, is dealing with some sort of um, material issue. So if, if my son uh, breaks uh, my other son's car toy, uh, toy car, that's the material issue. But then in the process, they both are calling each other names. That's the relational issue. You have to deal with the relational issue first because you can't enter into like godly negotiation about now what to do with the car if they're still calling each other's names. And, and I think in conflict resolution, it's really important to, to realize that most conflicts have both the relational issue and the material issue at play. And if, you're, if, you, if you don't separate them, then you're going to be talking past each other. You're going to be not listening well. You're going to be looking out for your own interests. It's like, well, let's do with the relation issue first. 
and then the material issue. And that's what this negotiation process is about. And then he gives us a, what is called the pause principle. And so if you guys can just walk through the five, it's an acronym, pause. Prepare, affirm relationships, understand interests, search for creative solutions, and evaluate options objectively and reasonably. So just walk the listener through the five principles of negotiating, beginning with prepare. So that's just praying, right? Yep. Praying and, and thinking about what you're going to say. Yeah. Making yeah. sure you know all the facts and you have them straight. Yeah. Um, Being able to identify the issues and interests that are involved here, what's in play here, you know, how this is defined. You have to list your own interests as well as the other interests. You have to be able to build their case as well as you build your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I used to teach debates, and one of the things that we did when we were doing the debates is I would have them – find out all of the facts and arguments for one side and then have all of them develop also the facts and arguments of the other side. And I said, unless you really understand the other perspective, you're, you really don't truly understand your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this prepare. You, mm-hmm. As Jonathan was saying, you, you want to think about, well, what is the other person, what, how are they going to see this? What might their arguments be? What might their perspective be? And then how would I, should I respond? If they say this, what ought my response be to that. So mm-hmm. it, you're praying, you're trying to get all the facts, you're trying to understand the other perspective, you're trying to understand your own heart and how you might react and respond and how they might react and respond so that you're not flying by the seat of your pants, that you've done some due diligence ahead right. of time to try to mm-hmm. help the situation. Naturally, prayer is the foundational component, but to pray doesn't mean that we don't also think think <laughs> and, and and just yeah mm-hmm. we, yeah we have to you know we have to anticipate what what the reactions are going to be um mm-hmm. it doesn't do any good to develop uh, what people call straw man arguments and uh, you know these arguments that are just easily dispensed with that really don't represent the other person so anticipate how this is going to go mm-hmm. and you know plan don't plan plan for this to continue plan for plan um that you even if this is not successful that you will come back yeah. to it and the next one is is a firm relationships this is your again you're copying god like think about how the epistles in the new testament open many of them well even corinthians when when paul is bringing a case against the corinthians for their divisiveness he begins with saying you're the church of God. God set you apart as his saints. Uh, in Christ, you have all blessings. And so he's affirming the relationship that he has with the Corinthians. And then he goes on to correct them. And that's so important. Sometimes we call it the sandwich principle. And sometimes that can feel contrived or whatever it might be. But th- I think the principle is actually good. Sometimes the practice of the sandwich principle isn't always executed very well because it's not sincere. Um, I've had people... Give me a compliment up front, and I'm thinking something's here. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not what we're talking about. You are, I mean, the Bible is always genuine, always sincere. Yeah. Um, and so we also need to be in our relationships. So we're actually um, sincerely providing the positives, affirming the relationship that is there, and affirming the, the, the wonderful gift that that relationship yeah. is, and all of those things. And then deal with the issue at hand yeah all of yeah. our reaction or interactions at their core to in the church especially are to for the purpose of building one another up yeah. one of the reasons the sandwich thing doesn't work is because you know that there's a but coming yeah and so what this that what you started there needs to be continued throughout the conversation yeah so 
may I say this? You know, please, could I bring this up? You know, you're you're actually still dealing with somebody in that courtesy that you began with. The third part of pause is to understand interests and what does he mean by the use of the word interests? I think it goes back to like what you said about not straw manning the other person. You're actually putting yourself in their shoes, seeing it through their eyes and saying, okay, if I were Russ, how would I understand this, this problem? Mm-hmm. What, what, are, what emotions am I having? What thought process am I involved in? What losses do I think have occurred? What gains? I mean, so you're just... And, and with that, not creating a straw man, you're, you're doing that making the best argument possible for the other person's yes. position. Yep. Uh, not with any loopholes. You're trying to understand exactly what they hold. The S is search for creative solutions. Brainstorming. Ken Sandy makes the point on this particular one as as you're putting pen to paper and you're saying, okay, how do we resolve this material situation? Let's just start listing off all the things that we can do. And he says, resist the temptation to cro- cross options off the list until the last step. Like, this isn't the critical step. This is the step where we're like, okay, what are all the possibilities, even maybe dumb possibilities, mm-hmm. so that you can like narrow it down to the only possible solution. Which is the E, evaluate options objectively and reasonably. Once you put all those creative ideas on the table of, okay, we've got an issue here. How can we move towards it? Let's go through them. Yeah. And you go through them not trying to win. Remember, it's all of the principles of pause. Mm-hmm. So you're not trying to win. You're trying to evaluate them objectively, thinking about them from the other perspective and saying, what would be best for all parties involved? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What honors everyone? Mm-hmm. Hopefully these principles will help you as you work towards reconciliation. It's been good to be with you and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>